Welcome to Dodgers Dogs as part of the Dodgers Daily Network. Casey Porter here. So glad that you have tuned in and you are here live on Dodgers Dogs. So excited about our show tonight. Usually have Austin Brubaker on Wednesday nights. Going to have him here before too long. He actually is doing some business right now and he's going to jump in probably here in about 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. So you have me until then. Super excited about that. Hopefully have a real good crowd tonight. We have a lot to talk about. Already have a lobby with some comments going on. The obvious thing to talk about, Clayton Kershaw. The GOAT is back. Kershaw is coming back in blue. We've been telling you on Dodgers Dogs for a long time now. Austin was actually the first one to pick up on this. That, because of 40-man spots, first of all, the currency in this organization, I've said it many different times, the currency in this organization is not money. This this team can with Shohei Otani, they can make they can make as much money as they possibly need. The currency is in roster spots and been telling you that Clayton Kershaw would wait until after pitchers and catchers report and also that there was room to sign both him and Ryan Brazier. I think it was pretty much uh, everybody knew this was probably going to happen. The only thing that I was worried about with Brazier was that some other team might come in and offer, say, three years. The Dodgers get, did give him two years, which is kind of against uh, what they like to do. They don't like to give relievers multiple years. They did that, and they did it against analytics because we've said, you know, when you give up a Caleb Ferguson, you're going against, hey, you need a lefty. If, we, if you just crunch the numbers and you look at roster spots, if everybody's healthy, then a guy like even Alex Vesia does not have room on the 26-man roster. So the Dodgers went against analytics. They went against the fact that, hey, we need a high-leverage lefty. We need this or that. And they just said, to heck with it. We like Ryan Brazier. We trust him. We trust him to get big outs. And, by the way, Ryan Brazier is good against lefties. So if it, you could look at it both ways. They went against analytics in the sense that they didn't, you know, they gave up a lefty to get a righty when we've been saying forever what they actually need is that high leverage lefty to get the left-handers out. But at the same time, you could also say that they are following analytics because Ryan Brazier is good against lefties. Plus also, I've also been saying this, don't forget about that as we have a great lobby Logging in right now, just want to remind you also, Austin Brubaker will be joining the show here before too long. He has got some things that he's having to work on. He's had a super busy week, so hey, I will take him whenever he hops on. I've got the call waiting right here. As soon as he do, does that, we will hop him in here and we will get after it. So, the, 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 yeah, hey, uh, yeah, so as soon as, he hops onto this. He's going to be here just any second now, and we will go from there. So, again, Ryan Brazier, you could say maybe that's an analytical move. Maybe that's not. Caleb Ferguson, so you say, well, you needed a lefty. It's as simple as this, and we had this on our hot take Monday. We covered that. The only reason the Dodgers would keep Caleb Ferguson, because Caleb Ferguson did not have minor league options. That's also why they got rid of Yancy Almonte. If you remember that, Austin also predicted that when the name Yancy Almonte was not even thought of by anybody to be the guy that would either be get DFA'd or traded, and Victor Gonzalez. 
the reason why those guys are the ones that the Dodgers are moving right now is because they don't have minor league options. We've talked about this many, many, many different times. You sign a Tyler Glass now. Yamamoto's used to having a six-man rotation. We've already seen James Paxton with the health the health issues. Clayton Kershaw, health issues. Dustin May, who knows. Bobby Miller, still a rookie. So you have so much volatility. Blake Trinan, he's coming back. And who knows how healthy he's going to be. If Daniel Hudson ends up on your 26-man roster, who knows how that's going to play out. So there's so much health volatility to this. The Dodgers are going to have to have as many spots as they possibly can in their bullpen that they can have guys that they can send down to Oklahoma City. So you look at Matt Gage. As a matter of fact, let's get some video up of Matt Gage so you don't have to look at me at this point. And, and we can actually get some video up on him. So let me do that right now and get that up. There you go, right there. There's Matt Gage right there. So so we can watch him pitch here. So Matt Gage, you say, well, they get him back for, for Caleb Ferguson. It looks like the Dodgers gave away more than they got back. But it makes total sense for a lot of reasons. Number one, the most important reason is Matt Gage has minor league options. Now, he is on the 40-man roster, so the Dodgers, they did not clear 40-man roster space. That part of it is tough because now, like a River Ryan, a whoever it may be, an Alec Gamboa, they still have to hope for some reason why a 40-man roster, uh, roster spot would open. So you did not clear space on your 40-man, but you did acquire another lefty, 30-year-old, with major league experience, that has minor league options. So now let's look at it. J.P. Fireisen, minor league options. Alex Vesia, minor league options. Obviously, the Michael Groves, the the Emmett Sheehan's, the Kyle Hurts, the Landon Knacks, they all have minor league options. So the only guys that, that don't have minor league options are the guys like Evan Phillips, are the guy, Bruce Gratterall, by the way, has a minor league option. The Dodgers could use that if they're in a scenario to where they just get desperate and absolutely have to have somebody that that can come up and provide length. So they're going to use all these guys that have options, and they're going to send them down to bring up a new guy like a Michael Grove that can go out of your bullpen and give you three or four innings and give you extended length. And that is the insurance plan behind having a major league staff that has so much volatility to it that we have seen. I've already covered. And so where it made sense, the Caleb Ferguson deal, was that you you added more flexibility to your 26-man roster for that up-down train. That's why it happened. Whether you like it or not, that's a whole other thing. It simply came down to the fact that the Dodgers did not trust Caleb Ferguson enough to keep him on the 26-man roster without minor league options. It's very simple. If Caleb Ferguson still had one more minor league option left, he would still be on the Dodgers roster right now. So now the Yankees got Victor Gonzalez, they got Yorbit Vivas, and now they have Caleb Ferguson. So that was a an, an easy, uh, you know, that that's a situation for them to where they have had a good time being trade partners with the Dodgers this season. And again, you're looking at Matt Gage there, 
on your screen. So, hey, we have a good crowd showing up right now and want to get to the chat. And good evening again to everybody else. Mike, good evening. Thank you so much. If you have not checked out Mike's last at a glance, it was simply fantastic. Go check that out on Dodgers Daily about another Japanese pitching prospect. Definitely want to check that out, Showtime LA. Thank you for joining. Hey, it's not Austin and Casey yet. It will be Austin here in just a second. It's going to be not very long from here. And there is, there is, no, that's not him. I thought that might have been him right there on a text message. I need to answer this right quick, though, and, and get back to the person that is messaging me here. So give me just a second. Sorry about that. That's actually about official work right there. So I had to answer that. Okay, so Roy Estrada, good evening, Mr. Dodger Casey. Hey, good evening to yourself, Roy. Thank you so much for joining. Craig, good evening to you. Hey, if you have not checked out, I released my interview with James Altman last night. I hope for all those of you that watched that last night, you enjoyed that. James is such a wonderful young man. He does, you know, like Tom Kunis, the scout that signed him, said he does such a wonderful, wonderful job in those interview settings. And so I hope you enjoyed that. If you have not checked that out, then go check out that interview on uh, the Dodgers Daily. Well, you're on the YouTube page now, but go out and check that interview because James, like I said, just does a wonderful job on those. Hey, Denard, good evening. Howdy, fellas. Yeah, it's not fellas yet. It is It is not Austin yet. It will be Austin here before too long. Showtime LA, this is originally for Austin, but Casey, do you think that Boris four will be signed by March 1st. Yeah, I do. I, I think I think they will eventually, you know, Boris is, I, I've, I've said this many different times. Hey, they're overpriced. They're not going to get what they want. They're not going to get what Boris is asking. And then the thing that the advantage that those guys have, it only takes one. It only takes one team to meet the demands that you're asking. And almost every single time, matter of fact, I, you might be able to give me an example but I can't think of one. It seems like every single time, in the end, his clients get the deal that they want or something very close, and it leaves all of us just shaking our heads. So, hey, also, it reminds me, uh, answering some questions here, especially from Showtime, go check out the Dodgers Daily Discord page. Mike has that set up for me, and that is a really cool page that, where we can interact together and get great ideas and talk some Dodgers baseball. So, Hey, if you have not checked out that Dodgers Discord page, please do that. Hey, Harley Anderson, good evening, sir. How are you doing? I'm so glad that you joined Dodgers Dogs tonight as part of the Dodgers Daily Network. Hey, Roy says Kershaw comes back healthy and performs. We are good. No entitled roster spots. We want the best team in the playoffs, no doubt. And I actually sent out a tweet. Let me actually get to that tweet here and right now and, and i'll just read the names to you this is what's going to happen when clayton kershaw comes back let me read the names when clayton kershaw and dustin may return which i think dustin may is probably going to be somewhere july or august somewhere in that in that time frame and i also think that he probably will be a relief guy and a relief guy that that gets spread out in between relief outings and so if dustin may returns i think he will but when Kershaw and May return, let's say they both do, here's what your roster is going to look like. Ryan Brazier, so here's your pitchers. You get 13 pitchers. Count them with me. Ryan Brazier, Walker Buehler, Tyler Glass now, Bruce Dargratterall, Joe Kelly, 
Clayton Kershaw, Dustin May, okay, Bobby Miller, James Paxton, Evan Phillips, Blake Trinan, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Ryan Yarbrough. That is your 13 pitchers on your roster. You know who that leaves off? This is, again, this is just a mathematical equation. Those are your 13 guys I, that will be on that roster. You know who that leaves off? Kyle Hurt, Emmett Sheehan, uh, Matt Gage, who the Dodgers just acquired, Michael Grove, Gavin Stone, Alex Vessia, Vessia J.P. and Landon Knack, Gus Farland, and Ricky Venasco. That leaves off every single one of those guys once Clayton Kershaw and Dustin May return. So I say that only to say, Roy, that is a great point. The bet the, the the players that are that are the most deserving and the best players at that time or whenever that time may be are the guys that need to comprise your twenty six man roster. So that is a great point. Hey Matt Kramer, thank you so much for the super chat tonight. Ten bucks from Matt Kramer. That is super fantastic. Super excited about that. And could not be more appreciative, Matt. Thank you so much for that super chat. That is awesome. Okay, hey, here is the article right here. Mike just he just linked in our chat. New article on MPB Takahashi. Uh, Takahashi, I can't remember the exact last name right now. But your, your link right there is in the chat. Mike wrote that, that uh, at a glance. It's like a one or two minute read. That's the great thing about this at-a-glance series that Mike has started. So thankful that he's done. Mike has added so much to this Dodgers Daily community and the page and all the coverage. The at-a-glance articles that Mike's writing are like one, two, three-minute reads. It just doesn't take long at all. And you can learn a whole lot of information all in one real quick shot. So, hey, do yourself a favor and check out that latest at-a-glance that Mike wrote on Dodgers Daily. Also, you see right there in the chat, Mike has linked the 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 link to our Discord page. So definitely set that up. Matter of fact, if you go there right now, you'll already see wonderful conversation back and forth. We have different pages like prospect page. We have interview page. We have all sorts of different pages where we can talk about different parts of the Dodgers. Those notifications come straight to Mike and I's phones i assume mike has is on i have my notifications on at that point we get them and we can respond the second that we have time to do that so diana diane schroeder is agreeing with roy that hey only the best people should be on that that 26 man roster and she's saying he said she's saying preach it to roy at that point and and that's kind of what i was talking about just a second ago because again let me go over these names okay uh, Ryan Brazier, Walker Bueller, Tyler Glass now, Bruce Dark Gratterall, Joe Kelly, Clayton Kershaw, Dustin May, Bobby Miller, James Paxton, Evan Phillips, Blake Trinan, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and Ryan Yarbrough. That's 13 right there. Ryan Yarbrough does not have options. Okay, Yamamoto is not going to get sent down. Trinan does not have options. Evan Phillips not going to get sent down. Paxton, no options. Miller not going to get sent down. Dustin May, not going to get sent down. Kershaw, obviously not going to get sent down. Kelly, no option. Gratterall has options, not going to get sent down. Glassnow and Bueller, no options. So th that's going to be your 13 guys. And that kind of goes to the point of what Roy is saying 
right there about, hey, make it the best 13 guys and see what happens. Denard says James Paxton can hold that lefty starting pitcher for now. Once Clayton Kershaw comes back, Paxton can move to the bullpen. That is 100% correct. And Paxton and Kershaw, once the playoffs start, especially if you're in a five-game series and you only need three starters, Paxton and Kershaw actually can both move to the bullpen, which that would be really cool because, because at that point, then you're talking about uh, two good lefties in the bullpen. You're talking about James Paxton that has a world a world of, of velocity here, and I actually have lost my video. So let me get to the settings here. So whenever Austin actually climbs into this thing, he will have video ready to go for him of me. And let's get that up on there, and let's go. Okay, well, I guess I'm not going to get that. But, yes, that is exactly right. I think that's exactly how the Dodgers – handled their left-handed situation in the sense that, first of all, Ryan Brazier is good against lefties. And then also, whenever you're talking about the bullpen, James Paxton and Clayton Kershaw will both be available to move to the bullpen at that time. Daniel Finn says, Caleb Ferguson was a nervous wreck on the mound. I will say this, Caleb Ferguson, in my opinion, was better than – I agree that – that it just it wasn't smooth. Let's put it to you that way. I totally agree with it with you there, um, Danielle. But if you actually look at Caleb Ferguson and how he pitched with the Dodgers, and let me get to that here in just a second. Caleb Ferguson and how actually how he pitched with the Dodgers right here. Here are his numbers. If you look at them last year, 2023, he had an ERA of 3.43, which isn't terrible. Okay, his expected numbers. 379 expected ERA. His fielding independent pitching was 334, which isn't terrible. He had a 1-3 uh, uh, war. He had a, a strikeout per nine of 1044. He had a base on ball per nine of 343. And he only allowed 0 0.60 home runs per nine innings. So when you actually look at how he did, it wasn't bad. But I do agree with you just from a visual perspective it just seemed uncomfortable. It wasn't something that just looking at it with your own eyes, it was hard to trust. And I think the Dodgers felt the same way. And because of that, again, you've already got Ryan Yarbrough and Alex Vesia to cover your left-handed innings that aren't high leverage. So if, if you were going to use Caleb Ferguson in any other role other than high leverage, that would be duplicate. And you can't afford to have duplicate on this roster unless that duplicate has minor league options. And so that's just kind of where it came down to. So I would agree with you there as far as Ferguson being a nervous wreck, Danielle. Craig says maybe add Kike, need a backup third baseman. Well, already on this roster, you have already more guys. So whenever Clayton Kershaw comes back, of course, they're going to take Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May spot. The 40-man roster is already full. They're already having to wait to sign Ryan Brazier, Craig. So the problem is when Clayton Kershaw comes back, unless you trade somebody at this point, somebody's already going to have to get DFA'd to make room for Clayton Kershaw when he comes back. So you're already one over on your 40-man roster. If you add Kike, now you're two over on that 40-man roster. So somebody at the back end of that who has options is going to have to get DFA'd for a guy in Kike 
That's going to be a duplicate of Chris Taylor. That's going to be a duplicate of Miguel Rojas, a duplicate of Manny Margot. So to do that, if you're going to bring back Kike, then you have to get rid of Chris Taylor. If you're going to bring back Kike, you have to get rid of Miguel Rojas. You can't add Kike Hernandez and also keep Chris Taylor and also keep and also keep Miguel Rojas and also keep Manny Margot. The numbers don't add up at that point because they don't have options. Roy says uh, Mike can be the door dash for Muncie. Yeah. Okay, Denard, Dave Roberts misused Caleb Ferguson. Caleb, Caleb never had a settled role. That is 100% correct. I would totally agree with you there, Denard. But I will say this, the Dodgers, if you look at how these guys are used in the minor leagues, if you look at how they do everything, other than a couple of guys that, that are very established, I mean, the roles change, and I would agree with you being a, an opener and all that kind of stuff, looked odd to the guy, to, to people who, who follow the major league team and don't watch the minor leagues a whole lot. But I'm telling you, man, these minor league guys, and here is Austin right here. He is coming in to the conversation as we speak. And I will get to Austin here in a second. But to answer your question here before we get to Austin, the Dodgers do that opener role all the time. And that's something that, that they, they like to match games up with. And so if Caleb Ferguson can't handle that, that role as far as being a, an opener, then at that point they need to put somebody on the Brew Baker is in the house. So, hey, Austin, thank you so much for joining, my man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I know it was a little bit late tonight. Today's been a little bit crazy <laughs> on my end, but I can't uh, I can't ask for a better conclusion to the day to then be here, Dodgers Daily, to be a part of the great Dodgers Daily community that we're having here. I've got my brand-new 2024 uh, Great Lakes Loon sweatshirt just came in the mail today, so I'm ready to go. Yeah, awesome, man. And we we talked about the Ferguson deal on Monday's hot take, but also re-signing Clayton Kershaw, we have said forever that was going to happen after pitchers and catchers report. Ryan Brazier, I mentioned, kind of went against the analytics because you kind of felt like if you're going to not have Caleb Ferguson anymore, you needed a lefty for high leverage. So they kind of went against analytics there. I mentioned that earlier in the show in the sense that they just went and got the best pitcher and not necessarily the pitcher from an analytical perspective they might have needed. But having said that, Ryan Brazier and other guys in the bullpen are good against lefties. And also, we've said this for a while, I think this slam dunks that in the playoffs, if James Paxton is a good pitcher for the Dodgers, I think both he and Clayton Kershaw moved to the pen. Yeah, I think those are really good points. A lot has happened over the past couple of days in the world of the Dodgers. You mentioned they made the trade. They... Caleb Ferguson is now a Yankee. We ha have signed Ryan Brazier, which happened, I think, while we were recording the hot take yeah. on Monday. And then Clayton Kershaw is signed. And I think you made a really good point there as far as the Dodgers trying to get left-handed hitters out. I think one of the appealing things about Ryan Brazier is his splits, specifically when he joined the Dodgers, because that's the type of pitcher that the Dodgers are going to be getting. When he went against left-handed hitter hitters, he actually performed really well, perhaps even better than he did against right-handed hitters. Uh, some of the notes that I have, he had a 243 uh, FIP and a 3.13 expected FIP against left-handed hitters, struck out 30% of batters, only walked 5%. 
Uh, Ryan Brazier was really good against left-handed hitters when he was with the Dodgers this past season. I think that makes a lot of sense to bring him back. You can use him in that matchup. So you're specifically, I wouldn't necessarily say specifically looking for righty versus lefty. You're looking for those splits. Who is better against which type of matchup? Typically, it's left-handers versus left-handed hitters that are better. But for Ryan Brazier, he seems to be, at least this past half a season with the Dodgers, a little bit better in that reverse blitz, and that makes sense. And then, of course, Clayton Kershaw. We've talked a lot about Clayton Kershaw re-signing with the Dodgers and that potential being after spring training had starts, or at least after pitchers and catchers report, when roster spots can open up. Clayton Kershaw is a Dodger, and he yeah. will continue to be a Dodger. He was really effective this past season during the regular season. Did not end how we wanted it to, uh, but it just feels right to have Clayton Kershaw continue to be a Dodger. No doubt. And it would be interesting to see what his role is going to be. Of course, he's not going to be back until goodness knows wins and shoulder surgeries are difficult to come back from. I think this is a very clear statement that Clayton Kershaw wanted to come back and win a world title with the Dodgers. The Dodgers obviously want him. I think Clayton Kershaw will accept with open arms whatever role the club feels like he needs to, to fulfill for this club to help win a World Series. I think Clayton Kershaw is going to look at this like, hey, guys, I get it. You went and got all these great pitchers. I've been injured. This isn't a club with Shohei Otani that we need to mess around with. You tell me how you need me, that's what I'll do. I really think that's how Clayton Kershaw is going to approach this. Yeah, and I think best-case scenario with the Dodgers, all of their starting pitchers are healthy, and then it comes to a difficult conversation of who's in the playoff rotation, and then you're having all these – difficult discussions in which I think Clayton Kershaw, you're right. He wants to win another World Series title. He wants to have that parade, and I think he's going to try to fill whatever role the Dodgers present with him. It's up to the Dodgers to create the best matchups that they can to win in the playoffs, to help win a World Series. But that's the best-case scenario. Realistically, they're going to be dealing with injuries throughout the season, and you hope that Clayton Kershaw is able to help fill that void that could be created through the course of 162 games he can help fill in with whatever they need the more starting pitching the good solid reliable starting pitching you could have to avoid what happened last year the better Clayton Kershaw has been a hall of fame pitcher and I don't see any reason why he can't continue that track if they put him in the best positions to be successful which the Dodgers have worked with Clayton Kershaw throughout his career I think they're going to do that Hey, man, you showed up, Austin, and we immediately got a $5 super chat from Denard that says, welcome, Austin. How about that, huh? You're not only well, – are you saving are you saving me because you're just totally awesome on this show, and I've been teaching all day, so I've been using my voice since 8 o'clock this morning and coaching and all that. Not only that, you showed up and you made us 5 bucks. How about that, Austin? <laughs> well, look at that. I, I, I'm super grateful for that, Denard. Yeah. Uh, we, I know Casey and I are incredibly grateful for the super chats, for even just the comments, just the interaction that we're able to build here. Yeah, it, it really does mean a lot. Hey, Matt Kramer, good evening. Me like me some Kershaw. Contrary to popular belief, he has a career 114 whip in the postseason, and that's with last year's 18 whip game. The Adams home run and the Houston cheat game are outliers. So Matt's making the case that, hey, there's kind of this perception and Dodgers fans are very, what have you done for me lately? Very little patience. And I think that's because there hasn't, you know, only the 2020 championship 
since 88. I think if the Dodgers can win a couple of championships, it'll be a little less, hey, what have you done for me lately? Or there will be a little bit more patience towards stuff. But Matt Kramer actually is making the argument that Clayton Kershaw has been a lot better in playoffs than what the Dodgers fans have are actually giving him credit for. Yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of his playoff stats, his FIP is technically lower than his ERA, which seems to indicate that maybe he's been pitching, gotten a little bit unlucky in these playoff starts. He has pitched a lot. There have been some good outings. There have been some outings like last year that haven't gone well. Uh, But you look at the overall profile of Clayton Kershaw as a pitcher throughout the regular season he has been absolutely dominant and typically when you're talking to these front offices when you're talking to these organizations they're looking for more of those large samples to make a determination on a pitcher and Clayton Kershaw has proven through the course of his career that he is a dominant effective pitcher it'll be interesting to see how he's able to come back off of this injury as he's getting into the later stages of his career as his Dodger tenure is winding down and his baseball tenure is winding down uh we know we want him to get to that get to all of these different achievements that he's trying to get to. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, I still believe in his work ethic. I still believe in his ability to come in and be an effective pitcher for the Dodgers. It'll be interesting to see how the Dodgers are able to utilize them and how how much they want to rely on him after he comes back from injury because I think that's going to play a really key important part because they don't want to rush him back, especially if they don't need to. They have a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys that they can call up from the minor leagues. They can call up Emmett and they can use a Kyle Hurt, a Landon Knack, a Michael Rove, all of these different guys to help ease Clayton Kershaw into the rotation, to ease him into innings, make sure that when he comes back, he's as effective as possible. No doubt about that. Hey, we got another super chat. Austin Roy Estrada, $9.99. Hey, Roy, thank you so much. Roy's always here on Dodgers Dogs with us doing this show together. And we always appreciate Roy and all of his wonderful contributions to Dodgers Dogs as part of the Dodgers Daily Network. Check this out, Austin. You're going to love this. Let's go, Dodgers. Big and strong, right? World Series in 2024, not waiting. Shut up, haters. (laughs) I love that. The smack talk is coming out early from Dodgers fans. Let's go, baby. Let's get it strapped up. Oh, it's a new year. We are just, what, two days away from Pitchers and Catchers Report? It's practically here. Uh, Just a couple more sleeps until Pitchers and Catchers Report, which means spring training is upon us, which means 2024, the year of the Dodgers, is upon us. All right. Hey, Matt Kramer says Caleb wanted to be a starter. As far as Caleb Ferguson? Ferguson. Is he going to be a starter for 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 the Yankees? For the Yankees, I don't envision it i think they have enough depth as far as the starting rotation or at least they have several different arms that they can utilize um i'm not sure how good the depth is a starting pitcher but if you look at fan graphs their starting rotation is filled out right now um i would guess he could potentially see maybe some more opener type roles yeah. kind of similar to what he, we saw from him i like openers personally yeah, I, th- I think with that, you can create different matchups uh, and utilize them the best that you possibly can. Um, 
so that's more of what I would envision him having, especially because they traded the Yankees traded away a lot of their relief depth to get in a Juan Soto. So they're needing some more of that relief depth. I think he's going to fit in fairly well there along with Victor Gonzalez in that Yankees mm-hmm. bullpen. Um, perhaps there could be opportunities that rise throughout the season, but at least initially I don't envision that for him. But I'm not an expert on Yankees. This isn't Yankees dog. Yeah. This is Dodgers dog. So yeah. we'll see what happens. We'll be rooting for Caleb Ferguson as he continues on with his professional career, as with everybody else who leaves this organization. No doubt about that. Hey, Mr. John Rod 77, the interview with Altman is really, it was awesome. Altman is really humble and down to earth, man. Thank you so much for that. I love talking to James Altman. He makes it so easy. I mean, it's like you're, it's not like you're having an interview. It's like you're just having a conversation. Have you had a chance to check out that interview, Austin? Yes. Yeah, I was actually watching it, uh, or at least had it on a little bit while I was doing some work. And I was able to listen to it. Yeah, no, it was a really good interview. James James is just a cool dad. Yeah, he is super, super humble. You are 100% correct, John Rod. And that's why people love him so much. That's why he's one of the most popular Dodgers already. Hey, Sean, I love it when Sean joins. Sean is one of the best baseball minds that you will ever come across. Sean says great points on Caleb Ferguson. He voiced some discontent with the way he was used in L.A. Fresh start in New York will probably be good for him, and we got young pitching in return. Win-win. I love that the way he put that. Fresh start. It's not always that, hey, this – it's not that this group isn't good or this group's not good. It's just sometimes you need a fresh start. You need a new voice. You need a new whatever – We've mentioned that with Dave Roberts. Even if it's not bad, sometimes you just need a fresh start, right? I'm not saying that that's the case with Roberts right now. But if they ever did move on, I think that would be the reason for that. But that's a great point that, hey, it may do Caleb Ferguson a lot of good just to get a fresh start, if nothing else. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities for the Yankees. He's still going to be in a position to where he's going to be competitive as far as the regular season concerns and probably the postseason as well. Caleb Ferguson has been a pretty good relief pitcher for the Dodgers. He's had his moments of excellence uh, throughout his tenure with the Dodgers. But now is a time for him to kind of take a step back to be able to get a fresh start. And especially going into his last year before free agency, really be have a chance to prove himself to pitch in more high leverage innings for the Yankees, where they will probably be needing him to do so over there. And for the Dodgers, they have a lot of guys who can fill in that innings. And the biggest thing why they decided to move on from him is his lack of minor league options. And with a lot of guys on this roster, not being able to move them up and down as needed. Uh, that created a little bit of inflexibility for the Dodgers, which is something that they are wanting. They're something that they're needing with the course of this roster, just with the different types of injuries yep. that could occur through the season and the different volatility that they have. And I think it's just a good fit for both the Dodgers and for Caleb Ferguson. He gets put into a Yankees team where he's going to be the high leverage lefty reliever. Yep. You look at, uh, fan graphs right now both him and Victor Gonzalez yeah. are the two lefties out of the bullpen for New York so they're going to get op- plenty of opportunities to prove themselves to- and Caleb Ferguson is going to ch- get a chance to show the Dodgers hey you guys should have kept me and I think that is good healthy competition but in the meanwhile I think it was the smart and correct decision yeah. from the Dodgers 
We'll see what the Dodgers are going to do. We saw them make a move for Ryan Brazier. Is that going to be it? I'm not entirely sure. I wouldn't put it past. Especially it has to during be trade this. at this point. It can't be free agent. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's going to have to be through some sort of trade if you just look at where the uh, free agency sits and as far as some of the needs that the Dodgers could have. You could see them maybe going after a high-leverage lefty. I don't know if they're going to do that now. They could very well wait and see how things go, see who in the uh, relieving market as far as trade pieces is hot at the time. Uh, There are a lot of different options that the Dodgers have. It gives Caleb Ferguson a fresh start Mm -hmm. where he can prove himself, and it also presents the Dodgers with opportunities to pitch a Ryan Brazier on a, I think it was a pretty solid deal that they were able to get to him. I know it was two years, but with the, uh, I think it's limited enough financial wise two mil, two years, 9 million with some potential incentives that he can earn. I think it's really good for Ferguson. And I think it's really good for the Dodgers as well. They got a couple of pitchers back one younger guy and Matt Gage, who does have a minor league option. I think that's going to be key, and I think the mm-hmm. Dodgers are going to utilize him in creative ways as needed throughout this season. And who knows? Maybe they can unlock something in Matt Gage like they've done with so many relief pitchers in the past. I'm going to say this, so it, it, it we don't like to second guess. If there is something we don't like, we say it, and then if it happens to be that way, it, it happens to be that way or whatever. So I'm going to say it right off the bat. I mean, Shohei Otani, awesome. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, there's my Dodgers dogs in the background, by the way. Hey, they are awesome. We've been doing some loving all night long, watching some TV. So so they're, 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 in, a, they're in a pretty good mood tonight. So obviously, Shohei Otani, awesome. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, awesome. Not going to lie, I wasn't super excited about giving away Johnny DeLuca and Ryan Pepio. Wasn't super excited about the return of Manny Margot. And then whenever the, the difference in that deal, Tyler Glass now signed for five years. So yeah. there is no way that you can't say that the Dodgers, as much as I love Pepio and DeLuca, you can't say that the Dodgers shouldn't have done that deal. That, I mean, the Dodgers had to do that deal, for the especially considering you needed the upside of Glass now, right? And, yeah. and I'm getting kind of to my point overall towards the end of this. You're looking at dealing Victor Gonzalez and Yorbit Vivas for Trey Sweeney, a guy who adds depth to the shortstop position at the upper levels of your minor league system that you didn't have. And you didn't have room for Victor Gonzalez or Yorbit Vivas, who are both on your 40-man roster. You re-sign Ryan Brazier. You re-sign Caleb Ferguson. And then you, instead of getting Jesus Lazardo, you go get a guy that we said at the trade deadline last year should have been the guy that got the Dodgers targeted because of the profile that he brings, and he can be that high, that high-riding four-seam lefty in the pin in the playoffs. So regardless, okay, you have to root for all these guys. Yorbit Vivas, Victor Gonzalez, Caleb Ferguson, Johnny DeLuca, Eddie's Leonhard, who was DFA'd last year, Ryan Pepio. Michael Bush. The Dodgers had to trade him. They got Jackson Ferris back, which was a, which as far as getting a prospect was a good return. I still would have liked to seen them do him, him for like a Corbin Burns, something like that. But for getting a prospect, that was a great deal. So 
even if Michael Bush goes out and has a great year and Victor Gonzalez and Caleb Ferguson do well with the Yankees, Yorbit Vivas and Eddie's Leonard end up being starters for the Tigers and Yankees. Johnny DeLuca plays the way that we think he will. Ryan Pepio pitches as good or somewhere close to, to Tyler Glass now, which is totally possible because he actually outperformed him last year, right? Even if all of that happens, correct? The Dodgers still made every right correct move based on the decision they had at the moment. So even if all of that proves out, there is no second guessing in my opinion. Yeah, I think that is absolutely right. If you look at all of these decisions, you have to take all of these decisions in the context of when they made these decisions, the Dodgers made the right moves. They did a lot of great things to help fortify this roster, to help even induce some new talent into this farm system. And you look at all of the guys that they moved off from. They didn't have a plan for a lot of these guys to get effective time at the big league level. So I don't think it is fair to those guys to just hoard them down in the minor leagues or to say we need the Dodgers to win every single trade, meaning that the Dodgers get all the value Mm -hmm. and the other team doesn't get any sort of value and keep these guys down in the minor leagues and waste a lot of their careers. These guys are going to get opportunities. It's going to be exciting for both Casey and I because we've watched these guys grow through the minor leagues. It's like we've watched these guys play for the Dodgers for several years and see them succeed. It's like watching Cody Bellinger go on to another organization and succeed. We've seen these guys. We've watched these guys grow up through the system. Now they're getting their opportunity elsewhere. We're going to be excited about these guys, Mm -hmm. and we want them to succeed. We don't want them to perform poorly just so we can say that the Dodgers won a trade. That being said, the Dodgers got really good pieces in return for these guys that are going to help in 2024 and beyond as they make a push for a World Series title this upcoming season. They have to maximize the primes of Mookie Betts, Joey Otani, and Freddie Freeman. I think all of the moves that they've made in this offseason go towards achieving that goal. And you take a step back at the 2024 offseason for the Dodgers. It's been absolutely amazing to watch everything happen, to get Shohei Otani, to add Yoshinobu Yamamoto, to get a Tyler Glass now, two aces to this added to the staff, to get some re-signings that they've had, to get a Teoscar Hernandez, all of yeah, these yeah. different moves. You can't ask for much better as a Dodgers fan. So be grateful for everything that has happened. And the Dodgers have put themselves in the best possible position that they can to win a World Series this upcoming season. That doesn't mean that it's a guarantee. Nothing is baseball and is guaranteed. The Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers were in the World Series this past season. I don't think yeah. anybody saw that coming. Great point. But the Dodgers have put given themselves the best possible chance that they can so far. There are additional moves that can be made through the course of this season perhaps getting some more help as a lefty reliever. There's going to be injuries that happen that they can use to help fortify this roster. But you can't say that the Dodgers aren't all in at Shrine. So you can cheer for the Dodgers. You can also cheer for these guys who have moved on, who didn't have a role for the Dodgers, but be happy when they get their successful big league careers for a Johnny DeLuca, for a Yorbit Vivas, Eddie Slaynard, all of these different guys. Uh, so we're going to be watching, I'm sure, a lot of baseball on top of all of the guys that are coming in through the system. Right now, two days away from pitchers and catchers report, we're talking about all this baseball we're going to watch. 
we're going to be drowning in a sea of baseball, yeah. and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm just saying also, too, Austin and I are in a different perspective that we get to see these guys in person. We get to talk to them. We get to know them. And so we are rooting for them. And and having said that, knowing what we know about these guys, as high as we are on these guys, there's just nothing that I could say that the Dodgers should have done different at all. So having yeah. said that, even if Tyler Glass now ends up not working out or if Yamamoto is not as good as we thought he was going to be or Paxson ends up hurt or if Victor Gonzalez and, and, and Ferguson end up just going off for the Yankees and doing great, Eddie's Leonard has a great year as, a, as the starting shortstop for the Tigers and Vivas hits 10 or 11 home runs as the, you know, he gets time with – even if all that happens, the Dodgers still made all the right moves. So that, that's kind of where I'm at with that. We will move on as we have a great crowd going on tonight. Daryl Jackson, hi, looking forward to another great show. Daryl's another one that I love it when he joins. Always great comments. Hey, Daryl, good evening back to yourself, and I'm so glad that you decided to join. Roy Estrada, Kyle Hurt is going to perform and make it hard to leave him off the roster. I think we would both agree with that. Absolutely. That's going to be the opportunity that Kyle has. He has to go out and show that he deserves to have this spot on the roster and go ahead and take it from me should be the mentality that he has go out and strike everybody out like he did this previous season and then it's going to be impossible for the Dodgers to make that decision to pull you even if you do have minor league options they're still going to look for what is in the best interest of the Dodgers Kyle Hurt has all the ability to be in the best interest of the Dodgers. He can strike everybody out. We saw how effective he was this past season in the minor leagues. Kyle Hurt, uh, I just think so highly of him as a starting, as a, as a pitcher, whether that's in the starting role or whether that is in a relief role, which I see more of an opportunity for the Dodgers in the relief role area. Uh, I think Kyle Hurd is going to go out there. I think he's going to shove, and I think he's going to force the Dodgers' hand to keep him on the roster. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. It is going to be a very, very, very loaded roster. Lots and lots of competition, and Kyle Hurd is going to be in the middle of that. Absolutely no doubt about that. Kyle Hurd, you're seeing him on the screen right now. Super, super, super talented right-handed arm. He is a guy that has strikeout rates that are just simply through the the roof. So Ricky Venasco, does he have options? I believe so. Yeah, I'll go double check to make sure that he has options. Uh, but I I would envision that he does have options. Yes. Other I think that's a good reason why the Dodgers kept him on the roster and just a second. Um Yes, he does have one more minor league option. Yeah, so Ricky Venasco, let's get some video up on him since we have a question about him. You just saw Kyle Hurt, so yes, Ricky Venasco, I, I, I assure you, and, and I was going to say that, Austin, and, and I know you wanted to make sure because you're the type of guy that does not like to say anything unless you know it is 100% for a fact. But yeah, no, I, the Dodgers yeah. were not going to re-sign anybody like Ricky Venasco unless they have major league options, right? I mean, they've shed Victor Gonzalez, who helped them win a World Series in 2020, only because he didn't have major league options or minor league options. They just shed Caleb Ferguson, who, by the way, 2020 posted an ERA of 289, 2022, 182, 2023, 343. That's at the major league level and had K per nine rates of 1302 
961 and 1044. They shed him because he didn't have minor league options, right? So, yeah, anybody that that uh, that's any fringe whatsoever. I only say that to say, unless it's a guy like like a Evan Phillips who's just or a Ryan Brazier guaranteed. If they're a fringe guy whatsoever, the Dodgers are not going to take them on at this point unless they do have minor league options, and Ricky Venasco would fall in that crowd. So, hey, that is a great point, Roy. Again, he's going to have to bust through because let me say these names again. When Kershaw and May return, Ryan Brazier. Okay, Austin, count the numbers here. Ryan Brazier, Walker Buther, Tyler Glass now, Bruce Dargratterall, Joe Kelly, Clayton Kershaw, Dustin May, Bobby Miller, James Paxton, Evan Phillips, Blake Trinan, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Ryan Yarbrough. That's 13. How many pitchers do you get? That is 13 pitchers. That is the max the roster can have. That is correct. So if, if Kershaw and May are both healthy and Trinan is healthy, unless there is an injury, Kyle Hurt, Emmett Sheehan, uh, Gage, that, that the Dodgers just, just picked up, uh, Gage, and then Michael Grove, Gavin Stone, Vessia, Fireyes, and Knack, Varlin, Venasco. No room whatsoever. So, for Kyle Hurt or Emmett Sheehan to make the roster, if everybody is healthy, when Clayton Kershaw and Dustin May come back, whose place is he going to take the place of there? Who would you say? Um. Well, for a lot of those guys, they don't have any minor league options, but I would envision maybe a Yarbrough okay. if they decide to move on from they Yarbrough. They would have to DFA him. You would have to DFA, and you'd have to be comfortable with moving on from him. Maybe a Blake Trinan, maybe, if he's not pitching as effectively as you don't want to. But I think the point is very clear. Yeah. There's not really a lot of room on this roster for a lot of these guys. So it's up for Emmett and It's up for Kyle Hurd. It's up for Gavin Stone. It's up for Landon Knack. It's up for Michael Grove, Ricky Venasco, Gus Farland, all these guys. Prove how effective your stuff is. Just go out there, trust the process, and pitch well. If you pitch well enough, the Dodgers will find some sort of room. It's going to be difficult, and there's going to be injuries, and opportunities are going to rise at, arise at various points throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Go out, do what you can, go out and perform every single day, and then let the chips fall as yep. they may. Yep. So, hey, show says, Casey, in your opinion, what is the best way to use Kyle Hurt, setup man, or maybe even closer? I think both. I think, again, even if you do have a defined closer, they don't throw three days in a row, ever, okay? Evan Phillips did it once last year, and Dodgers fans lost their minds, right? Because he didn't have success in that last third day. He's done it like twice in the last five years. These guys don't throw three days in a row. So even if you had a defined closer, every third day, somebody else is having to get the last three outs, right? So you're having kind of that quasi-situation anyways. So I think what Kyle Hurt does, I, I don't – I'm just – you don't say this is this guy every day. The Dodgers just don't ever say this is this guy every day, this is that guy every day, this is – they just don't – they like to have more flexibility. So Kyle Hurt is going to be that Evan Phillips guy. He's going to be the Bruce Dark Gratterall guy. He's going to be the Blake Trinan guy if Blake Trinan – the Joe Kelly guy, if Joe Kelly is healthy, there are going to be times where he gets the last three outs. Will that be, say, a defined closer for that night? Yes. 
So I think there are times where he will get the last three outs. I think there's also times where he's going to get the the second to last three outs in the eighth inning. I also think there's going to be times to where he pitches the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings. I think there's going to be times where he's an opener. Let's see how far he can go. I think he's going to be used in every which way of the role the Dodgers can can figure out how to be creative to use him. And again, it's going to take opportunity because once Bueller and May get back and and Bueller and May and Kershaw, you already have your 13 spots sewed up. So it's going to take opportunity. Yeah, that you mentioned a lot of different th- areas where Kyle Hurt can pitch. He's like a utility player, yeah. except for on the pitching side because he can fill any type of role that you want. He's been a starting pitcher throughout his career in the minor leagues. But we mentioned he can pitch in high leverage relief roles. He can pitch as more of a swing piggyback type pitcher. He can set up games. He can potentially close games because we've seen him pitch in high leverage situations. And as he gets more experience in that, I think he's going to get more comfortable and start And his swing and miss stuff is really going to play up. I think there's a lot of different roles that you could see him use in this. Uh, and just like utility players are really valuable for the position player side, I think a utility type pitcher could be incredibly valuable for the Dodgers. And I think that's something that they're going to have to very highly consider. They can use Kyle Hurt in really whatever situation they want. Yeah, and we have a comment here from Norm Lee that I agree with, but but I would say this. Norm Lee says if Emmett Sheehan is shoving, they are not going to send him down. It all depends on how each pitcher is performing is what Norm Lee is saying. Don't disagree with that. But having said that, let me ask you this question, Norm. If you have, let me throw the names at you again. When Kershaw may return and Bueller, you have Brazier, Bueller, Glassnow, Gratterall, Kelly, Kershaw, May, Miller, Paxton, Phillips, Trine, and Yar- Yamamoto, Yarbrough. Yarbrough doesn't have options, so you'd have to DFA him. So to keep Emmett Sheehan or Kyle Hurt on the 26-man roster, my question at that point would be, who does he replace? That has to be your question at that point. Who does Emmett Sheehan or Kyle Hurt replace at that point? Hey, Danielle, does Vanasco, yeah, Vanasco does have options? Yeah, hey, Larry Partridge, thank you, Larry, so much for joining. Why is Yarbrough on the lot roster over Hurt or Sheehan? That the, the 26th man, because he doesn't have options. So what options are is you have three years of option periods. Once you your, your contract is selected by the Dodgers, you're looking at Emmett Sheehan right here. Once they select your contract, you then have three years of option periods to where you can sent, be sent back down to the, to the minor leagues and back up. And so when you are a guy like Ryan Yarbrough who has or passed those three years, now the only way the club can remove you off that 26-man roster and send you back down to the minors is if they designate you for assignment. At that point – then every other club in the and 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 Major League Baseball has the ability to to sign you, and the Dodgers get literally absolutely nothing back for you at that point. So the only way Ryan Yarbrough is not on this roster, twenty six man roster, is if the Dodgers literally give him away for absolutely nothing through a DFA setting. That's exactly why Ryan Yarbrough would be on the twenty six man roster instead of a Emmett Sheehan or Kyle Hurt because he doesn't have options. 
Yeah, the Dodgers have to be comfortable with the depth that they have on the pitching side to at least get them through the regular season before they decide to move on from Ryan Yarbrough. And if you're looking at for especially a lot of these younger starting pitchers and when Walker Buehler comes back to into the rotation, he would be probably candidate number one going into the season as far as one of these young guys to replace him. But the Dodgers have to be comfortable with the amount of innings that they're giving these guys they have to be comfortable with the fact that there could still be an injury that occurs Ryan Yarbrough has been effective as a swing man I don't envision him being the playoff type pitcher at least going into this season right now Uh, but he can provide you innings and it could be a similar situation to where maybe they try to move off from him maybe they tried to trade Ryan Yarbrough Mm -hmm. to a team that desperately needs innings they could do that and that could be the option that they decide to do they could look for several different options it makes it a little bit difficult when some of your guys on the roster don't have minor league options to bring up some of the guys the easy decision for the dodgers in the roster construction standpoint would be to hold back some of these guys some young pitchers in the minor leagues because they do have that options and that roster flexibility but it is totally possible for Amishian, especially during this first month where he could very well have an opportunity to continue to prove himself at the big league level if he just continues to perform and you feel comfortable with the depth that you have on the pitching side then that enters into a situation where you might feel comfortable moving on from Ryan Yarbrough. But right now, he has a role on this roster. He's able to provide some innings, at least early in the season. There's a good chance I went over the names. That doesn't even include Alex Vesia. Alex Vesia has options. There's a good chance he doesn't start on the 26-man roster. So do you start this entire season with absolutely zero left-handers in your bullpen? That's what you would do if you didn't have – Ryan Yarbrough on the, you know, if you DFA'd him. And so I think once Clayton Kershaw comes back, I think at that point, that gives the Dodgers the flexibility to do whatever they want with Ryan Yarbrough. So if they feel like at that point, Kyle Hurt or Emmett Sheehan or even a Landon Knack or Michael Grove or Alex Vesia or somebody like that is a better option than Ryan Yarbrough on the 26-man roster, I think at, at when Clayton Kershaw gives gets back and gives you that option to have the lefty in the bullpen, the veteran lefty in the bullpen, I think at that point, that's when you have the flexibility to do something like that. Yeah, and I think the Dodgers obviously are aware of their roster as currently Mm -hmm. constructed. They have plans of what they want to do to get effective, really dominant left-handed hitters out for the postseason. They might want to see where the roster is at right now, but this is an area that throughout the course of the season, they will address. They will have a plan in place going into the postseason to get those types of hitters out, whether that be against just dominant right-handed pitchers that throw 100 miles per hour every single time, or whether that be go out and find or hope that you're able to develop a really good left-handed pitcher. They will have a plan in place, whether that's to the start of the regular season or not. They will be ready for the postseason, Mm -hmm. and a lot of this is going to be figuring out 
who's ready, who's going to be healthy. Ryan Yarborough helps with keeping this pitching rotation, this pitching staff healthy because he's able to provide length throughout the bullpen. He's able to pitch in more of a quasi six-man rotation, be that opener-type role. So I think he's good and effective to at least get the first part of the season underway. Then you can reassess to see where things stand on this roster. No doubt. You're looking at Landon Knack here. I'll have him up because we have a question about him here in just a minute. Kenneth also is sad to hear about the Nick Frosso injury. I was hoping to see him in the major leagues this year. I think he's going to be back this year. The labrum tear was minor. I mentioned on on a couple of Sundays ago that he had shoulder surgery and the Dodgers were kind of you know, iffy and back and forth. Again, this is Landon Knack you're seeing. I'm playing a video on him because we had a question on him coming up. And so I do think by the time he gets back, it, there's just not going to be time to incorporate him into a major league setting. So I would have to think the shoulder surgery that, that Nick Frost is going through, by the time he gets back, it will be too late to incorporate him into the major leagues unless you have like a 10 to 15 game lead on the D-backs at that point. Would you agree, Austin? Yeah, I would have to envision that unless there's a whole bunch of different injuries and they need a Nick Frasso to come in and help field in the void. You don't want to rush him back from these injuries. We wish them the quickest and best recovery, but you want him to be healthy when he's able to come back and they're going to ease him in. They're going to have him go through some rehab starts, even when he's in the minor leagues, if he's able to come back, which I'm mm-hmm. assuming that he will this season. Um Nick Frosso is still incredibly talented, and I still think he will be that incredibly talented pitcher after he's able to recover from this injury. Um, But it's going to take more time than we had anticipated going into the season with the news of this injury. We we wish him the best, uh, and we're excited to see what he's going to be able to do for the Dodgers in the future, which the timeline instead of 2024 looks like it's 2025. No doubt about that. So this is Landon Knack. Daryl Jackson asked, how could Landon Knack and Kyle Hurt be used? I can tell you this, Landon Knack, whether it be a starter, piggyback, whenever he comes into a game at the major league level, they are going to be asking Landon Knack to go multiple innings. Landon Knack is a four-pitch strike thrower. He's very skilled. They're going to ask him to change speeds. They're going to ask him to probably get through a lineup twice would be my guess. Now, you might call it a starter, piggy, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to say bulk inning guy. I think his role is going to be bulk inning. Would you agree, Austin, with that? Yes. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Okay, and I say that also because Landon Knack in Oklahoma City. Okay, listen carefully because this is unbelievable. And Alex Freeman told me this. Couldn't believe it. He is the only starting pitcher with AAA Oklahoma City all last year that completed seven innings. It happened one time by one pitcher that a pitcher in Oklahoma City went seven innings. I don't know if that's sad or what, Austin, but Landon Axe the only guy to do it. So he is a guy that can get through the lineup multiple times. He's not a guy that's going to blow you away from a velocity perspective. Dodgers fans aren't going to go, oh, my God, look at that. You know, But the next thing you know, he's missed barrels. He's gotten through three or four innings. He's gotten through you know, a lineup, and, and, and he's done a good job, right? That's kind of Landon Axe. Yeah, it is a brand new game of baseball, especially pitching strategy wise, just over the course of the past 10 to 15 years. That seems to be the way the game has trended as far as efficiency, as far as maximizing the innings that you have. 
as opposed to providing length. And I think that's that really seems to highlight it. Landon Neck is going to, when he arrives, provide those bulk type innings for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to have a chance to prove himself at the big leagues. And we've seen his journey through the course of his minor league career. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see what he's able to do in the opportunities that he's going to get with the Dodgers. They're going to try to make sure that they keep Glass now. Yamamoto, Miller, Bueller healthy for the postseason. And so I think there's going to be opportunities for Landon Knack to come up in bits and pieces through the course of the season and be able to pitch at the big league level, which I'm sure is a dream come true for him. No doubt about that. Hey, Sean, I love it when Sean adds, let's see, this is like, this is a question that you, you don't get very many other places as good as Dodgers content as they're out there. This is one of the few places you'll get a question like this or a statement like this. Sean says Paul Sporer said during a chat on Fangrass, he thinks Hunter Fiducia gets a shot at the backup catcher spot in spring. That would put him on the 26-man roster. There's no way from a numbers perspective the Dodgers can carry three catchers on the 26. I just, I just don't see from a mathematical perspective how that's even possible to do that. So I think it, yeah. it would have to be either Hunter Fiducia or Austin Barnes. So for for somebody like that to make that statement, they would then also have to account for what do they think the Dodgers are going to do with Austin Barnes. Sounds unrealistic with Barnes, but do you think he considers three catchers? So go through the numbers again, okay? How in the world can the Dodgers – so let's go through the Dodgers roster right now, and, and let's, let's pull that up. I'm going to pick I'm going to pull it up right now. Austin, go ahead and talk about Hunter Fiducia just a second while I get the Dodgers roster up. Yeah, I think Hunter Fiducia did a really good job this past season. He showed a lot of growth, especially offensively. Uh he can hit quite a bit. He had a really good WRC plus, a little bit over 100, which especially for a catcher is yeah. incredibly good. Catchers typically have a WRC plus average, maybe around 90-ish, just because there's so much that you have to do defensively. And he's shown that he can be a pretty good, solid defensive catcher as well. I think he, Casey made a really good point. It's going to be incredibly difficult, not just for this Dodgers roster, but for most rosters to hold three catchers because that's eliminating one of your position players position players i think in the future for the dodgers it could possibly become realistic if they implement some of the type of roles that they've been doing in the minor Mm -hmm. leagues you look at this past season in 2023 for the three main catchers that they had in great lakes they only carried really around 12 position players and they carried at least three catchers through the course of the season if your catchers have positional flexibility Correct. that creates opportunity yeah. yes that creates opportunities for your catcher to carry more Great than point. two catchers on your roster so last year Dalton Russian he caught but he also played first base last year Griffin Lockwood Power caught but he also played first base he also played a little bit of left field last year Gainer Fernandez caught but he also played second base that is the way, that is the avenue in which you can have three different catchers on your roster. If you have three exclusively catchers, and especially with first base and designated hitter closed, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani, they're going to be playing close to 162 games at those positions. There's really, it's a really difficult 
spot that the Dodgers are in to carry three different catchers because you can only play one of those guys every single time. If they don't have roster flexibility, that means you're not giving a lot of opportunities for these guys. So Hunter Fiducia, I think he might have an opportunity to compete for a spot, especially if Austin Barnes is still struggling in spring training. I expect and would anticipate Austin Barnes because he's under contract to have every opportunity to keep that role. But I think they're going to keep in the back of their mind, Hunter Fiducia. Okay, maybe we want to keep a close eye on him because maybe we might want to have add him to this roster. If you do that, you're going to need at least one other guy who is ready to go in Oklahoma City to be called up to the big league level. I don't believe Diego Cartaya is ready, but you need some of the depth at catcher to be able to call up. If you go ahead and release an Austin Barnes, you need to have three at least three guys who are ready to go at the big league level to to play catcher but you can only keep two of those guys on the big league roster so Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the reasons why they added hunter fiducia to this 40-man roster they added some depth they have some depth that is ready to go at the big league level if needed and potentially to get some competition for austin barnes but they can't keep three catchers on the roster right now because they don't have the designated hitter. They don't have first base open and their catchers right now mm-hmm. don't have positional flexibility. Yep. I think that can change with some of the trends that they're making in the minor leagues. But as of the 2024 Dodgers, I don't envision that happening. Okay, so here are your position players. You get 13. Shohei Otani, there's one. Barnes, two. Will Smith, three. Freeman, four. Lux, five. Muncie six, Rojas seven, Taylor eight, Betts nine, T.O. ten, Hayward eleven, Margot twelve, Altman thirteen. So who does Hunter Fiducia replace? You can't add Hunter Fiducia to that. So either Hunter yeah. Fiducia replaces somebody not Will Smith or Austin Barnes. So let me go through those names again. Shoei Otani, does it replace Shoei Otani? Say yes or no. no. Absolutely no, yeah. not. Freddie no. Freeman. No. Gavin Lux. No. Max Muncy. No. Miguel Rojas. I have no envision that. Chris no. Taylor. No. Mookie Betts. No. T. Oscar Hernandez. No. Jason Hayward. Uh, no. Manny Margot. I probably he can't play no, outfield. He would not. No, he cannot play outfield. No. James Altman. No. So the only person he can replace on this roster would be Austin Barnes. Just mathematically, it's just not it's just not feasible to have three catchers. It just it just it just there's it, like you said, unless he can play right field and you could remove Manny Margot because Hunter Fiducia could then also be a right fielder. So that was a great point on that. Hey, great great comment yeah. there, Sean. Wonderful comment there. And Denard says Dodgers have a deep pitching staff. It's a good problem to have to start the season. I will say this, it's a good problem. Unless you're one of those guys that are backlogged in Double A AA and Triple A, and and your your River Ryan, who's getting ready to be 26 years old and not on the 40 man yet, it's good. Unless you're those guys, it's a it's a blessing and a curse to be a prospect in the Dodgers organization because you get the best of everything except opportunity. You get almost zero opportunity. I, I would post on Facebook the other day, and I. I had even a player come on and say, yeah, hey, man, it's just there's there's just very little opportunity. Right. So it's great for the organization. It's terrible for the players because they just get almost no opportunity 
once they get up there. So that I would say that about that. Having said that, it is great for the Dodgers, obviously. Hey, Mike said it's been a while since they brought the D logo back to spring training. I like it. No doubt I do, too. Roy Estrada, Mr. St okay, they're talking back and forth. Norm says Paxton may end up being trade bait by the time Kershaw and May are ready to return if they look good. I think the trade bait would be Yarbrough before Paxton, and I think it's because of pitch profile. I think the, the, the high-riding four-seam that approaches 100 is something the Dodgers are going to value over Ryan Yarbrough that Paxton has. Am I off there? I wouldn't. I would. I would say you're probably right as far as the pitcher that they would be more likely to move on from would be a Ryan Yarbrough. That being said, I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibilities. Although I would say it is highly unlikely because there's going to be injuries to the starting pitching. Um, it is totally possible that they could look at their roster and say, we have a surplus of pitchers. We need to do something about this. And then you can look at a James Paxton who you have signed to a one-year deal and say, hey, maybe we can go ahead and be creative and move on to have him fit some other area of need. Perhaps a lefty reliever, if you don't want to use James Paxton as a lefty reliever, or perhaps there's some sort of other injury that we want to move on. Or if it's just, hey, we want to replenish the farm system, try to help Great Lakes win a Midwest League championship, or whatever the th reasoning behind it. I don't think it is totally out of the realm of possibilities with him being on a one-year deal, with them having so many different pitchers. That being said, I don't think it is. I think they would likely want to hold on to him because I think he can be an effective pitcher, and I think he fits the profile with what the Dodgers want, and they can utilize him in a lot of different roles. Be creative, and I think he can be a really good, effective pitcher in this pitching lab that the Dodgers have. Yeah, Mister Seabad says that Austin Barnes is going to retire and become a bench coach in Oklahoma City. And be a terrible interview for Casey. <laughs> I've actually talked to Austin Barnes on more than one occasion when I was on the ground crew. Great dude. He is one of my absolute favorite Dodgers. No doubt about that. I love Austin Barnes. It's just, it's business. And so, hey, I've, and I've been the one that's actually said, is there actually a better backup catcher that you can find in the major leagues that can bring more value to your club? Backup catcher-wise, don't compare him to starting catchers. As a backup catcher, can you go find a backup catcher that can provide more value than Austin Barnes can based on all the things that he does? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question, and it's one that the Dodgers are going to have to consider because on the field, obviously, especially offensively, the numbers were not good this past season, and he's he's in the negative war department, which means theoretically you could find a replacement level player that would be better than an Austin Barnes, but he still provides a lot in the clubhouse. And that is something that they have to keep in mind. Yeah. They have to have some sort of stability with all of the different moving pieces that they've had with all of the new faces that they're having in this clubhouse. Uh, I'm not saying that means you have to keep an Austin Barnes because you want to make sure that this roster is as foolproof as you possibly can. That being said, I don't envision him having any type of big role throughout the course of the season or any yeah. really real role through the course of the postseason, unless something terrible happens to Will Smith, if he deals with some sort of injury, that's when you could say, okay, maybe we need to address this to try to find some sort of way in case that possibility happens. Um, but right now I think they are content 
with what Austin Barnes provides. And I think they have enough pieces around him to be able to have a, still a really good lineup, even if Austin Barnes is as good of a hitter as he was this past season. Yep. Sean says Frosso will also clear a spot on the 60-day. The problem with guys like that that are going to return is that when they return, how do you how do you clear that spot back? So whoever you put on the on the on the on the forty man at that point, because Frosso's return now you have to DFA that guy. So you don't want to get in a situation to where you put four or five guys on the forty man just because you had openings because of the sixty day, and then come in July when these guys are coming back, you're having to DFA them all. So unless yeah. it's a guy like Gonsolin who's not going to come back for the entire year. You've got to be real careful. You're already in a situation to where you have two spots with with Clayton Kershaw and Ryan Brazier that already have to be figured out, right? As far as you're already over on your numbers. So when guys come back, Clayton Kershaw and Dustin May, you're already going to have to figure out how do we clear those two spots. That's why I still say a trade needs to be in order because I don't think – the Dodgers right now, if that, once everybody gets healthy, they have to DFA two guys. Yeah, they would they would have to look to trying to find some sort of way to designate yeah. guys for assignments. So you have to either have guys in mind that you could potentially use that for to designate for assignment, or you might end up in the situation like the Dodgers were last year with an Eddie's Leonard, who I'm sure they didn't want to get rid of the yeah. talent that Eddie's Leonard has as for designating him for assignment, but they were forced to that with the roster situation, the roster crunch that they have. You could envision if you add too many guys to this 40 man roster, especially guys that maybe you don't even have plans for at the big league level. I think we both would love to see an Alec Gamboa or mm -hmm. John Rooney be added to the 40 man roster. I think that would make a huge difference for them. But are, is that going to put yourself in a situation where July comes around, you haven't really utilized these guys, and now you might have to designate these guys for assignment just because yeah. some of the guys that are returning come back from injury. You don't want to position yourself to where that is the case, to where you either have to designate these guys for assignment or hope that you find some sort of trade partner for these guys. Um, I think they're going to be looking for guys that can help this team to fill in those voids that can be helpful at least for the first half of the season, maybe beyond, but they're going to have to make some decisions. And I, I think I trust the Dodgers front office yeah. to be able to make smart, effective decisions like they have. And they've proven through the course of this offseason that they know how to construct a really good roster. El Rojas, if the left side of the infield does not perform, did the Dodgers address it at the deadline? I definitely think they do with Gavin Lux. They, they could either put Rojas out there and put Lux back at second, move Mookie back out to the outfield, or they could go get a Willie Adamas type. But I do think that they're going to give Gavin Lux every chance. But if yeah, and 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 Mike's saying if Lux performs at shortstop, Rojas can play some third base as well. Young says injuries happen. Someone may well be in the IL when Kershaw may come back. I think that's probably what the Dodgers are banking on at that point, no doubt about it. Tony says Dodgers will DFA Margot. I don't see that happening. Mr. Seabat Otani will hit 67 home runs and flirt with 400 average and end up at 397. Then win the MVP. And yes, I drink, says Mr. Seafat. That's hilarious. Barnes back in the business, says Young. Diane Schroeder, yeah. Okay, Norm says Kershaw only goes to the pin if he's a shadow of himself. Otherwise, there's no way Roberts and Friedman push him to the pin. No way. I agree with what you're saying, Norm. 
but in a playoff scenario and you only need three starters, that means that you're not going to be using Kershaw at all because you are going to throw Yoshinobu Yamamoto. You are going to throw Tyler Glass now. And then Bobby Miller, uh, Walker Bueller, you're going to throw Walker Bueller. You're not going to put Clayton Kershaw in over those three guys. So at that point, if you don't move him to the pin, you're choosing not to use him at all. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting what the Dodgers decide to do for their postseason rotation, assuming all of these guys are healthy and the Dodgers do what they are planning on doing and making giving these guys the appropriate rest and appro- the appropriate plans to get these guys into the postseason healthy. That's going to create some difficult but could problems for the Dodgers to have. They're going to have to make a good decision as far as what do you do with a Clayton Kershaw do you use him as like an opener type role where he only pitches maybe two or three innings do you go with a Clayton Kershaw Bobby Miller piggyback type role or a Walker Bueller Clayton Kershaw piggyback type outing Uh, there are a lot of different creative ways the Dodgers can go about it and they I'm sure they have plans as far as scenarios of when if guys are healthy if some guys deal with injuries I think it's good that you have a lot of depth for the starting pitchers that is clearly an issue where the Dodgers needed to address it and they have addressed it to the best of their abilities yeah and Norma's saying why not wait until we see how Kershaw recovers before discarding him to the bullpen it's not discarding it's actually trying to figure out how to use him you've got your five starting roles put together for the regular season and then you also have your rookies and then in the playoffs what I'm saying Norm is your first round you're only going to need three starters so if you're saying well by gosh we're only going to use Clayton Kershaw as a starter we're not going to move him to the pin you only need three starters those three starters are going to be Bueller Yamamoto and Glass now then if you're saying well we're not going to use Kershaw on the pin again what you're saying there is you're not going to be using him at all just because you want to make him a starter I'm not saying he would be relegated to the bullpen. I'm saying from a numbers perspective, that's how you actually could get the most use out of him because you wouldn't be using him at all as a starter in the playoffs. Daniel says Kirsch getting to 300, or excuse me, 3,000 Ks in a Dodger uniform will be epic. Matt says we should sign left-handed pitcher Jamie Moyer, that change-up, as a rec project. Young says, do you think the Dodgers – Still consider bringing back Kinley. I say no to that, Austin. Yeah, I I don't envision that happening unless they desperately want a closer for the namesake of having a closer. I don't see what any type Mm -hmm. of role that he provides. You want guys that can get left-handed hitters out right now instead of a closer who is a little bit he's not the same pitcher of what he was in a Dodgers uniform we've seen the ups and downs of Kenley Jansen that would be a move Mm -hmm. to replicate the past Dodgers and this is 2024 this is the Shohei Otani Dodgers where the expectation is you got to go out and win a World Series I don't think Kenley Jansen provides the opportunity to grow up a lot of the younger guys to give opportunities for Kyle Hurt. And most importantly, I don't think he positions you in the best position to win a World Series Mm -hmm. in 2024. That would be more of a, hey, Boston wants to get rid of some salary. Let's go ahead and get Kenley Jansen. We know his face. We want to get some type of closer. Just go out and do that. I don't think that is in the best interest for the Dodgers right now. Um, 
I think they would much more rather go out and get a high leverage left-handed reliever or a closer that's been a little bit more reliable in previous seasons, or at least the past couple of seasons. Kenley Jansen was a great Dodger. There's no doubt about it. And he put up a lot of really good numbers. I don't think he is the best fit for the Dodgers as 2024. So I didn't envision that happening from a 26 man roster spot. It has to be a guy that you're willing to dump probably two guys for that are on your 40 man right now. So it has to be a guy you're willing to give away two of those guys for not sure. Kinley is that guy. Denard, if the Dodgers have to DFA any player, who are the candidates? I think candidate number one would be Ryan Yarbrough. And then I think if Gavin Lux doesn't handle the shortstop position, I think Rojas could be a candidate because then you have to go get a Willie Adamas, that type of deal. So I think right now Ryan Yarbrough would be option number one. I don't. I mean, that's not going to happen, I don't think, at least until Clayton Kershaw gets back. Yeah, those are kind of the options at the top of the list. I don't envision the Dodgers, at least right now, looking to DFA anybody. I don't think there's any right. sort of need to, especially with adding guys to the 60-day injury list coming up, I believe, tomorrow, tomorrow or Friday, one of these two days. That puts you in a position to where, at least right now, you don't have to DFA anybody. And then you can see throughout the course of the season who has options, who doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned two guys that don't have any minor league options, so they would be right towards the top of the list, especially if they don't have prominent roles or those roles can be filled in with other players. Right. And it would be a guy that, that's on the 26. It wouldn't necessarily be a 40 guy. Okay, Moose says, what's going on with Casey? What, uh, what's going on, Casey and Austin? What's going on? Back to you, Moose. Thank you so much for joining. And Larry says, I'm still having trouble picturing Kershaw on the pin. How is there room for him? There is more room in the bullpen than there is in the starting rotation in the playoffs. And I know we have a comment. It's February, and y'all are worried about starting rotation in October. Love hot stove season. I promise you the Dodgers put together their roster, John. They do it from back to front. It's kind of like how you put a practice schedule together. You start with your entering time, then you work your way back to the front. The Dodgers are constructing this roster starting with what do we want to win a World Series with, and they are working their way backwards. So it is 100% totally relevant to talk about what the roster would look like on this team in the playoffs because that's exactly what it's constructed for and how it's constructed with the World Series in mind. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. Obviously, nothing is going to be handed to the Dodgers. Right. They still have to go out in the regular season and earn their way to the postseason. They've done that through the past 10 years plus, and they've been really effective at the regular season. Right now, the goal is how do you win in the postseason? So I think that is something that is really critical. That is something of mind in the Dodgers front office. They certainly have the talent to at least get them to the postseason. They won 100 games mm -hmm. last season with a lot of different moving pieces, with a lot of different injuries or certain, certain circumstances of the starting rotation. Now with this Dodgers, with the 2024 Dodgers, obviously the goal is winning the World Series. So we're trying to figure out ways mm -hmm. in which the Dodgers can best achieve that and how each one of these players fits into that role. Okay, normally, look, if Kershaw knows he no longer has it based on his recovery, he will admit it and not put the team in jeopardy by forcing them to play him. He is, if anything, honest about his capabilities. Totally 100% agree with that. That is, I could not agree with you any more than that. Nor Mr. Seabad, dear Rangers fans, 
Go Fish, Clayton Kershaw, 22, as a Dodger for life. Yeah. Hey, David Razor, thank you so much for joining David. What type of runway will they give Altman if he slumps? All the runway he needs. He, he will have all the runway he needs to the point to where any other starter, it would be the exact same as any other starter in the lineup, that exact same type of runway, before they feel like they need to do something else with him. They proved that last year that they're going to give him that runway, and they will do that again this year. Denard. JP Fireisen could be a big surprise. Is there any video on him? I actually don't have video on him. I will get some before our next show. Denard, I promise, and I'll play that on our next show. Okay, Mr. Seabad, when will starting when will shortstop Sweeney be ready for the show? Mirror image of a young Corey Seeger. Let me get some video up on Trey Sweeney. When will he be ready for the show? Well, I can tell you he made it as high as double A last year. Which, if you make it to Double A, pretty much you are you are in position to make the major leagues. He is going to be in Triple A this year, so I would say that is at any time, uh, any time the Dodgers feel like they they want to bring Trey Sweeney up, you're looking at him right here. And Moose says, I didn't like the Ferguson deal unless Zuzeda is a legit talent. It just didn't make sense. We could have sold high on him. Casey, what are your personal thoughts on the surface? I I, I think that the the piece for piece. Looks like that, and you're probably right, Moose, but I think for this roster, the flexibility that they needed that Caleb Ferguson doesn't have, they didn't trust him in high-leverage situations, which would be the only reason they would keep him on this roster without minor league options. Although I don't think necessarily piece for piece the Dodgers won, I do think based on the situation they were in, it made sense for them to do it. Yeah, and every other major league organization is looking at other teams' rosters and trying to figure out what sort of situation they might be in position. So it's very likely that the Dodgers didn't have a high-leverage situation. They didn't have Caleb Ferguson, and they weren't in a very good position to get a lot of return out of him. He has one year left. He's been a good, solid left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen. The Yankees are one of the teams that need left-handed relief pitching. So it's very possible that could be as good of a deal that was out there for Caleb Ferguson, which if you're not planning to utilize Ferguson or yeah, if you're not able to utilize Caleb Ferguson on this team, might as well see what you can get and what mm-hmm. is out there. And they got a pitcher that has a minor league option yet left in Matt Gage, who he might not be the greatest pitcher in the world. Perhaps he will be after getting into the Dodgers lab. We've seen them turn around other players. They also got a young lottery ticket type prospect that they can hope turn into them. But if he didn't have any sort of role on this Dodgers team, there's no point in releasing him. See what you can get in a trade. They got him on a team. It might not be the biggest win, but the Dodgers were able to get Ryan Brazier out of him. Yep. And if they're not going to utilize him, don't just keep him on the roster just because you're stubborn and you want to get the greatest deal in the world. It was time to move on from Caleb Ferguson. So they moved on from him. They brought back Ryan Brazier, and they got a couple pieces in return. We're going to go until we get through all these comments here. Sean says, I'm hoping the Dodgers use CT3 and Muncie in a platoon utility role. I definitely think CT3 will be in that. Muncie, uh, I, I mean, I guess he could be DH, second base, first base, that type of utility. Oh, he's not going to be DH. That's Shoei Otani's role. Well, I mean, on, on, Otani's yeah. not going to play 162, is he? Um, 
it depends on how healthy he is. Right. But uh, yeah, if, if he needs a day off, then you can move Max Mussey there. That's yep. a good point. Rourke Stevens says, question, what will be the consequence of the Frosso's secret surgery? I think he'll probably be back by July, August, something like that. But I do think the consequences are it probably eliminates most all of his opportunity to make the major leagues this year. Yeah, and it's it's really tough blow to Nick yeah, Frost, who's been is. working incredibly hard. Uh, but he'll be back. He'll yeah. be back, and he's got all the talent to make it to the big leagues and achieve a lot of his dreams, and he's got the stuff to be able to stick. No doubt. Denard, Trey Sweeney can be another DJ LeMayhew, big and lanky infielder. That's a good – hey, LeMayhew is a good – just looking at Sweeney. Again, here he is right here. That I think that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison. Obviously, Casey and I have not had the chance to watch Trey Sweeney play in person yet. But from all the looks that we've had, from all of the upside that we can see for him, for all the projectables mm-hmm. that he could potentially add more power, he's got a lot of these tools. He can play shortstop. There's a lot to like about mm-hmm. him and to see what the Dodgers are able to do to help his development in an area where there could be some need. Obviously, right now, Gavin Lutz is the shortstop, and he's going to get every single opportunity to become a good, solid shortstop for the Dodgers. If things don't work out and you need to go get a Willie Adamas, and then it's 2025 and you still don't trust Gavin Lutz at shortstop, perhaps an opportunity arises for Trey Sweeney if he's able to capitalize in Oklahoma City, if he's able to adopt to a lot of the Dodgers and be able to just fit in really well maybe he gets the next opportunity. Mm-hmm. Again, I fully expect Gavin Lux to be the shortstop for the ne- at least the next couple of seasons for the Dodgers. I think he's going to do a really good, solid job, and I think it's in the Dodgers' interest to have Gavin Lux at shortstop. But if things don't work out, Willie Domus only has one year of mm-hmm. control, then he's going to be a free agent. Maybe it is Trey Sweeney as the 2025 Dodgers shortstop. Yep. Would you trade, Young says, would you trade Lux, Vargas, two pitching prospects for Adamas, Devin Williams? I think Adamas is overrated. I would. I think Lux is a better fit for this team. If you asked me, would I rather have Gavin Lux or Willie Adamas play shortstop for this Dodgers team right now? I would choose Lux over Willie Adamas for the dynamics that he can bring this offense. And also, Devin Williams, as good of a pitcher as he is, he's duplicate. The Dodgers already have what he can bring to this bullpen so as good as Devin Williams would be, I don't know that he actually makes you that much better because you already have guys that can do what he does. And also, I'm not sure that Willie Adamas is an upgrade over Gavin Lux. Yeah, I think I think Willie Adamas, he would provide more assurance as far as Defense. being able to play shortstop. He's one of the best defensive shortstops in the game of baseball. He does have some power out of the shortstop position. But if it is, are you willing to give up three years of control of Gavin Lux and which case shortstops are incredibly Mm -hmm. pricey on the open market. Willie Adamas, if he continues, even with the success that he's had offensively, which has been decent around league average at times, he can run into some home runs. Um, He's going to be really pricey as a shortstop Mm -hmm. option. So do you want to continue to roll with Willie Adamas or is it in the best interest for this organization to have players like a Gavin Lux who doesn't cost a ton, which creates more roster flexibility, who, if he's able to stick defensively, can be a top 10 to 15 shortstop mm-hmm. in the game of baseball? 
I think it is in the best interest of the Dodgers right now to see Correct. if Gavin Lux right now is, is able to is able to be that player for you, able to stick at shortstop for the Dodgers. Because mm-hmm. if he is, that opens up so many options to capitalize on this window. If Gavin mm-hmm. Lux is a shortstop and he's under team control for three years in which they need to maximize these three years, then you're able to use financial resources not in shortstop, but in other areas of need to make this team as foolproof as possible. So right now, I wouldn't envision Willie Adamas being the answer. Things can change, and he would be an option if, especially if Gavin Lux mm-hmm. doesn't do well defensively at short, if there is some troubles. Right now is Miguel Rojas that fills in that void. He's not the greatest player offensively. Willie Adamas would definitely be enough. Yeah, and Chris Taylor, yeah. Um so they do have options right now for backup to make sure that Gavin Lux can stay healthy at shortstop. Willie Adamas is that outside option to bring in via trade. It's going to take pieces, though, to give up for him. And do you want to utilize those resources for a couple of months of Willie Adamas? Or would you rather go ahead and give Gavin Lux the opportunity in 2024 to prove himself as a shortstop. Mm-hmm. If you go out right now and trade for a Willie Adamas during the offseason, let's say that you keep Gavin Lux, you're going to have to find out if Gavin Lux is the shortstop of this team of the future at some point. Yeah. Might as well have that be in 2024 yeah. and then reassess things as the season goes on. Yep. Okay, Moose, what's your take on having one situational lefty? I'm not big on the left or right. Uh, just the splits of these guys are good enough. I just think you put the best pitcher out there. I'm not worried at all about not having a situational lefty because I want the most talented pitcher out there. And again, with the way these guys pitch, the splits are fine. Larry or Leroy Aiken, thank you so much for joining Leroy. Time will tell whether the Dodgers made the right move or not. Still upset about the Dodgers trading Jordan Alvarez for Josh Fields. Yeah, they do. I will say, though, they do normally make the right decisions. Craig says Lux will have plenty of room to make mistakes. I hope you're 100% correct correct there, Craig, because I think he's going to have to have that runway to to be the type of, of, of shortstop he can become. Showtime, excited to see what the young guys can do at spring training. Hopefully they can fast track some future stars like Bobby Miller and James Altman, no doubt about it. Young, if Dodgers pitching prospects are doing well in the first half, will Dodgers try to make them Trade bait or keep them for good. Dodgers may have surplus for pitching then. If they do good, they will not be trade bait. They will trade their veterans and keep those guys. Once these guys prove, I think, that that they are they can't hand they can't handle the major league adjustments. Okay, John says Casey asks the question. I'm not exactly sure which one that one that one would have the been. One. Huh? I said the question. What's that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead and move on. Okay. Uh, Mike says there are three openings from pitchers being on the IL, Sheehan and Grove. I feel it'll be on the roster until some of them come back. The comp for will, will be for that third – the competition will be for that third spot. Denard says Kyle Hurt can be another Chris Taylor, but pitching version he can fit. So can Kyle – or so can Michael Grove, too. He can fit and perform any role. I agree with that, Denard. Yarbrough is an innings eater, says Hep. See, hey, good evening, Hep. Yes, Yarbrough is an innings eater, no doubt about that. And the Dodgers may need that with the volatility of health with who the, the guys they've signed. Larry Parker said, yes, I'm willing to move on if the kids perform. Yes, good evening, Hep, no doubt about that. 
Thank you so much for joining Hep C. Gregory says, good evening, everyone. Good evening back to yourself. Hep C says, you guys okay with Freeman at two spot and Otani at the three? Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And then probably Will Smith at the four and then Max Muncy at the five. You good with that, Austin? Uh, that sounds like a pretty good lineup yeah. to me. Yeah, Mr. Seabad says Otani should be leading off, then Mookie with Freddie batting third. I think the Dodgers are going to do all sorts of different things based on who's pitching and matchups like that. So I don't think the lineup's going to be the exact same every night. And Gregory says, I want to see Will Smith hit out of the third spot. Yeah, I think you could probably see that. Mike says, I'm good with the one through three lineup. I'm curious how the bottom lineup's going to look. FC, I think Otani should be at the two spot. Yeah, so lots of different talk on on how – uh, the lineup should face up. Hey, Hep C says Tanner Scott should be available, but Miami is acting weird, no doubt. John Rod says three-way trade. Yeah, and Mike Taylor. Hey, good evening, Mike. Miami isn't going to give away a stud like Tanner Scott. The only th- the reason, the only thing I would push back on that is he is in his last year, so they're going to lose him after this year anyways. And if they don't feel like they're going to make the playoffs, you might as well at least get a return on a guy like that. Hep C? Yeah, yep. and I will, I'll add one additional point. They do have redundancy with left-handed relief pitchers, a lot of left-handed pitchers with Andrew yes. Nardi, AJ Puck, who could very easily fill in that void, and they could get a return of prospects to help with their process of their organization so that is an option i would say but it's totally up to the marlins and how they want to go about it right now they really haven't made a whole lot of moves so i'd be curious to see what their plan is uh but he is a very clear target and option that the dodgers could go after if the marlins are willing to give up on him yeah and we have a couple comments that we're going to get to here and then we're going to get out of here. Larry says, Gavin Lux is so young. Give him a full year before even thinking of moving on. Totally agree with that. Rojas is good enough. Insurance. Insurance is a great way to put that. FC says, Bo Bichette only has this year and next year left. Keep Gavin Lux a shortstop. And Miguel Rojas is the backup, says Tony. I agree with that. And they're having a conversation about Jordan Alvarez. And uh, let me scroll back up here. So, hey, give, give some final thoughts here, Austin, before we get out of here. Yeah, I was a little bit late to the show tonight, but it is always fun to talk about Dodgers baseball. And soon, we won't just be talking about off-season Dodgers baseball. We'll have stuff to actually be talking about because pitchers and catchers report two days from today. It's almost, right now, it's 1044 on the East Coast here, which means that it's going to be uh, almost a day away from when pitchers and catchers report, which means baseball is going to be back and I couldn't be more excited about baseball being back. Uh, Dodgers have made a couple moves within the past couple of days. They did a little bit of reshuffling in the bullpen, but they brought back some familiarity, Ryan Brazier, then, of course, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, this offseason has just been unreal for the Dodgers. I couldn't be more excited to see how this is going to turn out. The Dodgers have put themselves in the best situation that they can to win in 2024. Now is the time to where they're going to have to start executing mm-hmm. what they've been set up to just set up to do. And they've been set up really, really well. And it's been a lot of fun this offseason, but we want to see some wins. And now we get to see pitchers and catchers report. Soon the expectations are going to continue to mount. Uh, 
But with those expectations, that also means that you have a lot of talent. And boy, is there a ton of talent on this team. Super excited about Dodgers baseball. Super excited about Great Lakes Loons baseball coming back April 5th, less than two months away. Uh, a lot to be excited about right now. Hey, and we have one last question from Roy Sakine. Thank you so much for joining. We need a lefty, Bruns, Robleski, Copper, and Double A and Ferris A. Will we get a lefty in-house or trade for one? I think their lefty plan is Kershaw and Paxton. I really think that's their plan for the pin in the postseason. Yeah, that, that very well could be their plan right now, especially if they don't go out and get any other options. Obviously, Alex Vesia could show up and be a pitcher that he has been in the past, but you want to rely on that. He's going to have to prove himself throughout the course of the season. He does have a minor league option, so the Dodgers have a little bit of flexibility with him. Right now, you're looking at two of the better left-handed pitchers that they have, the top two guys that are should be healthy by the time the postseason comes around, James Paxton, Clinton Kershaw. Yep. That could change. They could bring in some other they could bring in a Tanner Scott. They could bring in somebody else. Somebody could perform. But right now, those are the two best left-handed pitchers on this roster. And again, you're already over two on your numbers when everybody else is healthy. So if you bring somebody else in, it has to be via trade. In my opinion, it has to be done in a way that you probably shed at least two guys who are currently on your 40 man. So hey, want to thank everybody. We had a wonderful lobby, a great show tonight. Some great comments, as we always do. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you tune in again Friday night. We'll have a full house Friday night. Me, Austin, the coach, and Mike will be joining. We'll have a whole nother big roundhouse of comments. It's going to be super fun Friday night. So, again, join. That is 6 o'clock Pacific. And as always, we would like to say, go Dodgers.